Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Today, I've come to encourage you, to encourage your faith, to remind you of who you are, to also remind you of who you are not. So we're going to call this one, Start at the End. You know, three, um, three of the most important words that we see in the Bible is when Jesus is hanging on the cross and it gets to the end and he says, it is finished. And those words mean many things. The words in the original language, it's the same word that you would use when someone pays their debt off. It would be like paid in full, right? So Jesus saying, it is finished. The law, the old covenant is finished. The, the, the price is paid. The price that the, the ransom that the, that the devil had on humanity, it is finished. It is paid in full. But it was also the starting point of our faith. You know, for us as born-again believers, our new life in Christ starts from it is finished. In the same way that Adam was created on the sixth day, um, Adam was created on the sixth day. Adam's first day was God's seventh day, which was, well, not God's seventh day. It was the seventh day of creation where God rested. So Adam begins in a place of rest. Adam's first day of being alive is a day of rest, day seven, his first full day. Created on day six, day seven, day of rest. So for us as believers, we begin at the end. We begin with victory. We begin in a place of, of not wondering what the future is going to look like, but stepping into something that's been accomplished for us. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty seven says, but thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, for us as Christians, we're stepping into something that's been paid for, for us. These last few days, I've been amazed thinking about the mercy of God. Man, if it wasn't for God, where would I be? If it wasn't for God, no one else. God didn't have to care, but he cared. And he cared enough to send his son so that I could receive mercy. The next scripture I want to read, 2 Corinthians 2.14, said, Now thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. Man, this is why Christianity is joy to the world. It's good news. That word gospel means good news. It is good news. It is worth sharing with other people. Man, I'm, I'm stepping out of the kingdom of darkness, out of the control and power of Satan, into the kingdom of God into a place of automatically being born a winner, born victorious. So God wants us to, first of all, we talked about it in mindsets of champions, but God wants us to, to have an identity uh, of, of winner, have an identity of victorious. I want to tell you what Christianity is not. Christianity is not us hanging on for dear life until Jesus comes back. Christianity is not simply... Uh, trying not to sin and to make it to heaven, trying not to fall into temptation and make it to heaven. The goal of life, the goal of life is to make it to heaven. But if our only aspirations or life are just try to sin as little as possible, I mean, you want to live a holy life, but we're called to make a difference in this world. We're called to, to, to like the disciples, carry the gospel and expand the gospel in our lifetime. That's the great commission that's been given to us. So God wants us to remember today that we are victors. I want you to start by saying that I'm a victor. I'm a victor. It's who I am. It's in my DNA. I have the DNA of an overcomer. There's a story um, and it's told throughout the Gospels, but I'm going to read to you from Matthew chapter 8, 
verse 23, and it says, And when he was entered into a ship, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, insomuch that the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. And he said unto them, Why are you fearful, O you of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. But the men marveled, saying, What manner of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? And when he was come to the other side, into the country of the... uh, And it goes on from there. For us as believers, you know, if God wanted us to live in a place that we get born again, and then we just coast through life, Jesus would have had no right to rebuke the disciples. He rebuked them and said, Oh, you of little faith. That shows us that the same authority that he walked in, we're called, we're called that when life gives us a storm, not to just hunker down till it's over. You know, it's like you hear these, these songs, you turn on the Christian radio, man, what total nonsense, 99% of the time, the songs that they play on there, you're my anchor in the storm. That's not in the Bible. Jesus isn't the anchor in the storm. He rebuked the storm. The devil wants to take the power out of Christianity. Christianity is not just going from trauma to trauma, from, oh, I hope things aren't as bad this year as they were last year, or I hope things get better. You know, people have this hope for a better year, and so they say things like, well, this is going to be the best year we've ever had. But why is it going to be the best year that we've ever had? The reason for me it's going to be the best year is because I have a case I'm building a case in my life for increase. I've got a board here that I keep and I write out scriptures, but I've got this one here, faithful continual growth. And I've got no less than eight or 10 scriptures on why every year has to get better than the last, because I obey God. Though Job 8, 7, though thy beginning was small, yet your latter end shall greatly increase. How about this? The path of the justice is a shining light, shining more and more until that perfect day. But how about 2 Corinthians 3.18? But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. How about Luke 2.40? And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. How about Second Chronicles 27.6? So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. And so you base your expectation on the Bible. The reason for me that I'm expecting this month, I'll see greater miracles. I'll see instantaneous miracles. I'll see greater growth than I've seen ever before is because I'm committed to do the word of God. But it started for me with an identity of victory. This doesn't happen overnight. It's something you cultivate on the inside. But start with your identity. Start with who you are. That when you were born again, There is no born-again Christian who's born-again a loser. You're born-again a winner. You're born-again at the moment of it is finished. You're born-again into an inheritance. Yes, there's an inheritance waiting in heaven for us, but there's an inheritance that you have as a believer that doesn't make life consist of drama to drama, worry to worry. You know, I was just talking to my wife about anxiety, and I said, you know, the problem with anxiety is it's an open door. People allow anxiety and stress and worry. They allow it because it's, it's, it's normal. They think it's normal. Oh, you know, this is just a stressful time of the year. I mean, you turn on the radio. Again, the Christian radio. <laughs> I did the, the altar call um, 
the altar call room at my church here after after the service today. And there was a bunch of young people. And I said, and I was talking about praise and worship. I said, spend time in praise and worship. I said, turn off that garbage that you listen to. I used to listen to Jay-Z and Lauren Hill and these people. I'm like, turn that stuff off. It doesn't help you. It messes you up inside. I said, and don't listen to the Christian radio either. Most of the time, it is garbage. There's few exceptions to that. You might get lucky, but you turn that on. And it's like these songs, you know, through the mountains and the valleys. Uh, some of this stuff, even when it doesn't work out, I'll still pray. What do you mean it doesn't work? What did you do wrong? It doesn't work out. You know, the problem, you know what will take you far in life is understanding that the problem's not with God. The problem is with you. If something's not working out and you see in the word that it's supposed to work out, if you say, God, I know you're not at fault. I know I'm not waiting on you. The day of salvation was 2000 years ago. You're not waiting for God to heal you. He healed you 2000 years ago. If you can be quick to say, God, what am I doing wrong? What do I need to do today to step into line with your word? There's someone out there experiencing healing and you don't like pick and choose. This is what Jesus came to do. There's that, there's that story of the man who's at the pool of Bethesda and Jesus goes to him and says, hey, will you be healed? And he said, I have no man. Because there was a time where the angel of God would come down and stir the waters and the first person in. That was what God had. God did things like that. He worked through that because there was no covenant of healing that was in place. There was no savior, healer. We live under a different covenant. God's not raffle ticketing off healings to people. God paid for the healing of every person on earth, every person, just like he paid for salvation for every person on earth, but it's up to who will access it through faith and action. And so for us, life is not meant to be from trauma to trauma, from tragedy to tragedy. It's supposed to go triumph. There's rest. There's joy to be had. The kingdom of heaven is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So Jesus rebuked his disciples because they didn't rebuke the wind and the waves. That means as a born-again believer, I'm to carry the authority of Jesus Christ on this earth. Well, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, No, you know what? But it's getting easier for me to say. Why? Because I'm attending to the word of God. I'm putting the word of God in my heart. You just make up your mind. I mean, you, you have to decide what you, where you stand in this whole thing. And it's going to be an uphill battle. It's like a salmon. You, you live a life of swimming upstream as a Christian, as a Christian that stands up for the word. Because you go to work, you work, you, you go, especially people in the medical profession, you go to work and people are like, well, you know, you got to prepare. And there's some preparation to do, but people worry about worst case scenario. Their whole life is worrying worst case scenario. You can't live that way as a Christian. God didn't call us to worst case scenario. God doesn't want Christians sick and there's someone out in the world who's experiencing health. It's it's part of what Jesus already paid for. It's like the all-inclusive buffet. Every part has been paid for. Yes, you can go to the salad salad bar. Yes, you can go to the hot dishes. And yes, the dessert table's open too. People live their whole life standing around the salad bar uh, of salvation or the hot dishes of salvation. And they never get to the salad bar and they never get to the dessert. And God's got joy for them. And God's got peace for them. And God's got perfect health for them. Every single person. And so what God wants us to do first is to start with the knowledge of who we are. It takes digging into the word. Who am I? What does my victory actually look like? I'm not taking Pastor Ryan's word for it. I'm not taking a podcast's word for it. I'm getting into the Bible for myself. You hide the word of God. 
I hide victory in my heart. In Joshua 1, he said, no one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The only time they lost is when there was sin in the camp. Vict- defeat it should not be a part of the, 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 the child of God's life. Oh, you know, you win some and you lose some. That's not in the Bible. Oh, you know, sometimes the Lord brings you up and sometimes he brings you down. He brings you down if you're wicked. But the, the path of the just is there's a shining light. It shines more and more into that perfect day. You know, oh, God's going to bring you into the mountain. To, God's going to take you through the valley to get you to the mountaintop. That's, again, that's not in the Bible, unless we're talking about a geography lesson. These things that people say that aren't scriptural, you have to draw the line in the sand for yourself. You start at the end. It is finished. My healing is paid for. My victory is paid for. My long life is paid for. My health is paid for. Every part of it's already done. This is who I am. And so what do you do? You get the knowledge of who you are. First of all is knowledge of the victory. Number two is the identity of the victory. You identify yourself with that. And then you act on it. You act on it. I want to tell you what Christianity is not. It's not hanging on till Jesus comes back. It's occupying until he comes. It's not suffering loss after loss and just hoping God somehow puts up a shield of protection. No, it's, it's being someone who's on the offensive, who's not taking blows from the devil. It's someone who's equipped the sword of the spirit, who's on the attack. I heard someone say today, when the devil tries to rob you, you make him pay. They said that they went through customs and some of the things got, they were coming to do an outreach in a country and some of their items got taken. And they said, what do we do? We immediately started winning souls in the airport, telling people about Jesus. You fight back. This is a life where we get to advance on darkness and darkness has to retreat. The Bible says in John 1, and I think it's verse 6, but it says, uh, the darkness, darkness comprehended it not. The light, darkness doesn't even have the capacity to understand the light. And you are the light of the world. So begin acting like the light. When someone says, you know, uh, I hope this coronavirus doesn't get to us. You don't say, yeah, I hope not too. You say, there's no way it can come on my family. It's impossible. Well, why is it impossible? I'm a Christian. Christians, (laughs) I've got the life of God in me. I was fo- I follow someone on Instagram. He's supposedly a funny person, but he said something. There was a person, um, there was a video of a guy uh, drinking soup out of a ladle at, at a grocery store, like the hot bar area, just drinking out of the ladle. And this comedian is commentating and he says, man, we, as a, as a, as a world and as a country, we deserve the coronavirus. And I, and I, and as he said it, Two things happened in my heart. Number one, I said, speak for yourself. And then I typed it in the comments, speak for yourself. And then what's next? Unfollow. Why? Because I'm not letting words like that produce in my life. I keep myself at a standard of victory. I walk in, the flu will not come near my home. Depression will not come near my home. When my children are teenagers, they will not backslide because the Bible says, train a child up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they shall not depart from it. You decide and you stir, you fan into flames and then surround yourself with the right people because you've got to have people in your corner that are like you. You can't be the only crazy person who's saying no to stress, who's saying no Absolutely not. There won't be sickness in my home. You can't be the only one. You've got to surround yourself with the right people, the right body of believers. That's it for today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on the next podcast.